This episode of Briefly is brought to you by Hammett Sound. Hammett Sound is a premier Baton Rouge audio production, acoustics, and recording company that specializes in customized sound solutions for businesses, venues, and performers. Whether you're in need of recording services, custom audio production, an acoustic assessment, or live performance assistance, Hammett Sound has the background and expertise to create crisp, clear audio experiences for you and your audience. For more information about Hammett Sound, visit HammettSound.com. That's H-A-M-M-A-T-T Sound.com. In this corner, coming in at five foot six inches tall, we've got Lee, Lee, Lee Isaacson. You know, when I think of Lee Isaacson, I think of dogs, but you never know why until you listen to this episode of Briefly. Is anyone here even real? Am I the only real person on earth? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. You're now experiencing a podcast by Tukum Advertising. Welcome to Briefly, the podcast where we talk shop and strategy with marketers, leaders, and creatives about their marketing philosophies, stories, challenges, and really just learn more about them. My guest today is Lee Isaacson. She is the founder of Dig, the dog person's dating app. She has a background in TV reporting, has a lot of great PR experience. We'll get into that a little bit. Lee, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what Dig is and how that's working out for you so far. Sure, yeah. Dig's the most exciting part, right? I'm Lee, the CEO and co-founder of Dig, the dog person's dating app. Like you said, I used to be a TV reporter. I was a reporter in Syracuse, New York, in Namibia, in Southwest Africa for One Africa Television, and here in New Orleans for Fox 8 News. Then I was a regional director for the Coastal Conservation Association of Louisiana. I did a lot of communications work, PR side there, along with volunteer management, fundraising, all the above. I have my master's in homeland security and emergency response management, and I teach at Tulane media, terrorism, and disasters to master's students and introduction to journalism to undergraduate students. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) All, you know, ties into communications, though. If you're able to share your story, figure out what your story is and share it well, it, you know, covers all those platforms. Well, very cool. I guess we'll just jump right into it. The format of this podcast has been mirroring a creative brief in advertising. So I try to learn as much as I can about my guests in a quick amount of time, get the point across. But really, this format of these questions kind of follows that. So the first question I usually jump into is, how do you approach goal setting, either just for your company or for your personal, your career? What is your process for you know, finding what you want to accomplish and laying out those steps to get there? Is there a certain process you've found works best for you or... Definitely. From the beginning of starting DIG and with each individual goal, I take a really hard look at what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and understanding what can I get done quickly and well and what needs to be outsourced and what is the best resource for delegating or for outsourcing that. Is that within my team that I have or is that somewhere I have to reach outside of? That's always my first step, making sure that the right tasks are going to the right people and whether that's me or that's someone else as you're setting those goals. And I think you had said that your sister is your business partner or she at least works for Dig in some capacity. I mean, she'd handle graphic designer, is that right? Mm-hmm. She's been in the art direction world for a long time, advertising design up in Brooklyn and New York, and she's my co-founder. Nice. So yeah, I think that's a good example of something that I feel like if you have that whole PR angle and the whole idea of 
storytelling in that sense, and her idea of storytelling is a great compliment and a business partner. Oh, yeah. What we like to say is uh, she makes things look good, I make things sound good. That's great. How is it working with your sister, by the way? It's awesome. You know, a big part of it is she lives in Brooklyn, and I live in New Orleans. And so you're working together, but you're not on top of each other, and so you have to recognize, again, your strengths and weaknesses, and that means in your relationships, too. It's awesome working with my sister. I wonder how different it would be if we were next to each other all the time. Who knows? Mm -hmm. One day, maybe. Yeah. Of all your marketing tactics that you've used, and I want to try to start drilling down into some Mm -hmm. practical advice for listeners of this podcast. So of all the things you've done so far to market Dig and to grow your company, have you found that there's been any patterns of success or anything that you've noticed on media relations is you're a beast at that apparently. And I would like to think that's something that you get to share with us is, is that something that you found is your main driver of marketing or is there other tactics that you use? Well, we have not raised money. You know, we raised enough money in a friends and family round to literally build the app. Yeah. So we almost cut back completely on all spent, you know, money in terms of social media advertising, anything like that. So the two main things we really focus on, well, I'll say three, definitely press because of our backgrounds put together, being able to get press. You know, not everyone has puppy dogs in love to talk about, so we definitely have a big benefit in that. And we know how to pitch it. That's huge. I actually teach that to other entrepreneurs. If you need help getting press, it's just a you know, help a reporter out mindset and and giving them what they need to make an actual story, not just an advertisement. Number two for us is events. We get out there and we physically meet with people all over the country all the time. We're launching city by city with big dog-friendly events, getting to meet our customers, our users, meet dog-friendly communities, and really get out there. That also brings the press on top of it too, having the opportunity to go drink with your dog. It's a, it's a big pull. And then number three is our partnerships. So anything we can do co-promotional co-campaigns with people I can feature you on our app if you feature me on your social media site and all those things are free you know the events do cost money but we make money on them as as companies pay to be featured at them so those three things we can do to get the word out without paying anything that's awesome recently when I saw you at the was it the tech talent Mm -hmm. south event one of the things that you'd mentioned that I was curious about was these events that you do across the country. Well, first of all, what cities are you guys in now? We are in seven. So New Orleans, New York, Chicago, Boston, Detroit, San Francisco, and Austin, Texas. Wow. Yeah. And the app works everywhere. Um, That's just where we've really focused with big launch events and, and press. Gotcha. And I think you had mentioned during those events in those cities that you have volunteers who work with you in those cities, and it's almost like a commission-based relationship, or is it more of like a... Yeah, our, our DIG brand ambassadors are remote, so they're not necessarily in the cities we launch in, but anyone can join us and do that, either throw an event in their area or they can call in the local dog businesses in the areas we're going to and say, hey, do you want to be a part of this event? If they sell a vendor booth, they make the money right back on that. It benefits us because it makes the events way more fun when you have as many dog people and dog businesses yeah. there giving away free treats as possible. But also, all of those partners who are coming to the event are marketing the event. So they are telling their customers, their followers, their friends, their family, all about the dig event coming to town. So yeah. it's another way of getting the word out through the dog community. Oh yeah, and I feel like the dog community is so, you know, everybody's looking for something to do with their dogs at all times. So I feel like those events are great for literally. Yeah, it's emotional, it's love. passionate, <laughs> and people want to know what you're doing with your own dog too. Am I doing the right thing with my dog? Am yeah. I doing as much as I can with my dog? Yeah. So it's a very word of mouth, you know, community. 
Cool. Getting into the community of dog people, narrowing it down to target audience. Obviously, you're targeting single people who are dog lovers. Could you break down a little bit more about maybe where that insight came from? And I'm assuming you're a dog lover yourself and maybe how that story developed. Oh, well, this all started because my sister was dating a guy who tried to be a dog person for her. But by the end of the relationship, he didn't want the dog in his apartment. He Mm. would put towels down on the couch so the dog didn't touch anything. We started looking at We knew that she couldn't be the only one going through this situation, but we saw that 55% of single adults in the U.S. are pet owners. And for the first time in 2016, millennials beat out baby boomers in terms of pet ownership, and dogs are leading the way in that world. And so when you're looking at what's important to someone when you're making a determination about the rest of your life and the person you want to be with, and you already have a relationship at home with a dog, you know, more than 70% of people who have dogs let the dog sleep in their bed. You're literally talking about joining a relationship that's already taking place in the house and maybe even in the bed. We know this was a huge compatibility factor that must affect a lot, a lot of people out there, especially as both dating apps, and pet ownership are both on the rise. Could you kind of explain how it works, just for people who might want to download it after this? Sure. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. When you look at it, you definitely know it's a dating app, Mm -hmm. although you're not swiping. We were trying to make a few different things with the dating app, not only focusing on the dog side, but addressing a few other pain points people see. So you actually see five people at a time. You get five paws at the at the top, and you can click through all five people before deciding who you dig, really dig, or pass on that day. You get one really dig, which sends an extra special notification to that person. But you have a section for you and a section for your dog if you have one. You can search for someone with a dog or without a dog. That was huge because not all dogs get along. So maybe you just want to find someone who will love your dog as much as you do. You know, really factoring in what's most important to the compatibility side and to the dog specifically as you move forward because that's what our users really care about. Yeah. I want to dig into a little bit more about how we've kind of identified who your target audience is. What is your... I'm sure you have it distilled down, but your sales pitch or what is your main messaging point that you get out to... Let's say I'm a single dog, single person who's a dog lover. How do you reach me? What is your, what's your pitch? Dig is the best way for dog lovers and dog owners to find a compatible date. And you can plan a dog-friendly date right from the app. So it's like a scheduling aspect in there? You can search for dog-friendly locations near you and suggest a first date idea right in the messaging area. You get a daily deal from different pet companies, so you can show up with a unique treat and win over their dog from the start. And you get tips or tricks of the day from vets and trainers to make sure the date goes well when you're actually meeting. That's so cool. So getting to the end point, obviously you want downloads, you want users, you want to build a community around dog lovers. How do you know when you've done your job well? What's the the lifespan look like after someone downloads and is using and finds love, you know, finds a companion for their relationship. How does that end up playing out? Yeah, it's funny because for a dating app, if you do well, your users leave the app. And if you don't do well, your users leave the app, right? So you have to take a look at how your users are really interacting and engaging with the app and the brand in whole. We get an incredible amount of just feedback constantly, whether it's at our events or hearing from our users that they love us. And we're constantly asking the ones that don't, why, right? So do you not love us because you couldn't find anyone in your area? We have people downloaded across the country who can't find anyone yet because we haven't focused on 
on those areas. And we know we're trying to go as fast as we can, right? But it's absolutely the number of relationships we're creating. We're following a few who've been dating for a few months now. We are so rooting for a dig wedding. (laughs) That would be huge, right? Um, But it's absolutely people who are able to find love and how much they love and appreciate dig and the brand and want to share that message with other people that we know we're doing our job. It's almost like having a, a group of brand ambassadors you already have, you know, for your events and stuff like that, but having a group of people who are spreading the word. If you do your job well, they're going to tell people. Exactly. Um, like in most aspects of marketing. To kind of shift into the future of marketing, one of the things I want to talk about is seeing what, you know, what you're seeing with an app in 2018. Where do you see the future of marketing going? Do you have any, any thoughts or ideas about where marketers can look you know, for answers in the coming years? Sure. I'll tell you where it's leaving. It's got to be leaving influencers. Maybe it's not in everywhere, but the dog influencer world is so extraordinarily expensive and gives you a, a bad return on investment. It's just not worth it anymore. Yeah. There's some great people who will still talk about us. We just don't see the downloads come from it, even with these huge you know, numbers of people talking about it. It has to be much more a personal experience. So the way that it's going has to be services and experiences. People want something to do with their dog. You have a product, but you can also give them something to do and offer and talk about. And so it has to be that on the ground experience side. Yeah, it's interesting you say that past several guests I've talked to, one of the things that has come up is trends are going to change and technology is going to change. But one thing that has stayed true and will stay true is conversations and experiences and brands are being held a lot more accountable for how they treat their consumers, whether they're in an app or in a store or you know checking out online. There's a lot to be said about how you treat the customer, but also what value they're really getting from you. I mean, in your case, it's a very important emotional you know void you're filling or you're helping in their lives. But no matter what you're selling, it's a very good point is that it's, it's always about experiences, no matter what kind of platform or, or where you're at. One thing I do want to talk about now is in your industry, are there any trends that you're noticing, not necessarily in the marketing space, but any trends in online dating or, you know, you kind of walk in the line between online dating and the pet world. Are there any trends that you've noticed in starting your company or prior to that that you want to share that you think that they're heading toward? Oh my gosh. In the pet industry, it's CBD oil. Oh. It's like <laughs> hemp oil, hemp stuff, like where oh, you're seeing like vegan treats, like the pet industry is really just a few step behind the big trends of the rest of the world. It's really coming into its own, even in technology right now. And so it's fascinating to see things like, oh, wait, how can we work with dogs and CBD oil? Is this okay? <laughs> is a dog without a, you know meat in their food or treat, is that okay for them? And people are so focused on things like pet insurance, where we're behind a lot of other countries in terms of how much we pay for pet insurance. But that is creeping up extraordinarily fast, yeah. and it's what a lot of people are talking about. And so just kind of following that same mindset and looking at what were we behind it in the pet world and how are we catching up? People are are fascinated by it and they're talking about it to each other on dig, right? Yeah. It's so much more about your lifestyle choices and how your dog reflects your lifestyle choices, yeah. right? So do you use a choke collar? Do you only support animal rescues that are no kill? Whatever it is, it's about the dog, but it's really about you. Yeah. So it's so much more about lifestyle and, and compatibility, at least on our site. That's really fascinating to watch. 
Very cool. I think there's a lot to watch in the wake of, I think of it as pets are seeing as much attention as babies are. You know, it's like if I'm having a kid or if I'm or planning to have a kid, there's that much information online, so much content out there that's just so in your face, but also is valuable. I mean, people really do care about this stuff. It wouldn't be made if people didn't care about it. Very interesting stuff. What challenges or successes have you seen as just a business owner um, over the past year, two years? We launched on the App Store around Valentine's Day, and we just launched on Android about a month ago. Okay. Have you seen any challenges or any successes that you want to share with us? Or any stories that you have for fellow entrepreneurs, either myself or others that are listening? Sure. I'd say specifically for us, we've got this crazy enthusiasm and momentum. We just don't have the resources or people to back it up yet. Mm -hmm. So we're getting calls from really cool places like the Boston Bruins who want us to be a part of their pups and players calendar, right? They're like, they think it'd be cool for the single guys to be associated with Dig. And we just can't get up there. I mean, it's just really cool things. We've built this incredible, enthusiastic brand and people who are talking about us. We just need to catch up. We need to do some serious fundraising and build our team across the country to be able to match that enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a great problem to have. I feel like for some people, it's the opposite. You know, you want to you have the resources. You want to build the interest. seems like you guys have a lot of interest, which is something you're just working on harnessing now. And my last question, just going to wrap it up here. Do you have any advice for up-and-coming entrepreneurs, maybe people who are just getting involved with building an app or starting a company or have a new idea they want to get off the ground? Do you have any advice based on the things that you've seen so far that you want to share? I touched on this, but I'd say be extraordinarily honest with yourself about what you're good at and what you're not good at and make sure you're building your core team surrounded by people who are good at the things you are not and then find mentors and other people who can help fill in those gaps and go out and learn it and you know get someone to double check your Excel spreadsheet the first time you do financial projections or whatever it may be. There are so many resources out there, but if you try to do it and you know that you're not an expert at it, either don't and <laughs> have someone else do it or make sure you're getting really honest feedback from the start. Yeah, that's great. I think it's honesty, transparency with yourself and with your team is great. Well, Lee, thank you so much. I know it's really quick and we try to keep it brief here on Briefly, but I really appreciate you coming in. And thanks everybody for listening. If you have any questions for Lee or you want to give some feedback on the podcast, let us know in the comments on social and thanks. 